0: This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to
1: the Awful and Awesome Entertainment Rap. Hello, hello and you're listening to the Awful and Awesome Entertainment Rap. It's an extremely special episode because we have people who are raising hackles left, right and centre.
0: Winning awards, raising hackles, being muzzled. It's very exciting. (laughs)
1: It's a little bit depressing also, it has to be said. But here's what we're going to talk about today. There is a new trailer for Bahubali. Reza Aslan has gone to Banaras and we are going to talk about the... And refuse to talk to us. He led us up the garden path well he led you up the garden he path he didn't even it. acknowledge me yeah. so it's okay anyway so yes we're going to talk about Believer with Reza Aslan we're going to talk about Bahubali 2 we are going to talk about Padmavati which is a truly blighted project right now um, somewhat literally it's very sad, sad. It, no no it is very sad so don't laugh I didn't mean to laugh and uh, more okay we have with us Alankrita Srivastava director of Lipstick Under My Burkha thank you Alankrita for making the time to talk to us Thank you. <laughs> so first of all, congratulations on all the awards that your film has been winning. Thanks a lot. <laughs> How many
2: has it been now? Are you keeping track? Yeah, I'm trying to keep track. But yeah, we won about, um, we won a lots of festivals and we won about four awards till now. So
1: most of uh, our listeners will know Lipstick Under My Burkha tragically for being, and I quote, a lady-oriented film. And for not being able to see it yes yet. Because the big tragedy about this film winning wonderful awards elsewhere is that we at present don't seem to be having any chance of getting to see it in India. But Alankrita, I believe you're going to fight the CBFC order.
2: Yeah, so we uh, are going to be having a hearing with the tribunal. And we are trying to reverse uh, the decision. So let's see how that goes.
1: So tell me about Lipstick Under My burqa. How did it come about?
2: I think it really came about through my own feeling of like not feeling fully free as a woman. And feeling like something keeps holding me back. And there's something which keeps making me feel chained from within. And I wanted to just explore uh, that feeling. And I wanted to explore that feeling through a milieu which was not my own. You know, women actually had some external constraints on their freedom as well. So I wanted to give those internal constraints that I felt some sort of uh, external, uh, like, you know, treated more like an uh, like an external uh, reality as well. And then deal with this feeling of women wanting to uh, free themselves and, you know, trying to um, live more fully. And so it, it basically, like, thematically, it emerged from that Um, thought. So your film is about four women in Bhopal, right? So there are four characters. a girl who's like 18 years old and she's this college girl who, you know, wants to sort of uh, do the whole college thing. Uh, Then there's a third character which is played by Konkona Sen and she's this woman who has three little children and um, she wants to sort of, you know, go out into the world and work And uh, she has like a, you know, a complicated marriage. And um, then there's the character of, uh, played by Ratna, which is uh, this woman who's in her 50s. And it's like the story of her sexual reawakening. So yeah, these four women basically live in the same dilapidated structure in the bylanes of Bhopal. And it's a story of all four of them. Uh, in their own ways, wanting to live a little despite the confines of their lives and being like wanting to continue dreaming.
0: Now, I just want to know, all these four characters are Muslim? No, two are
2: Muslim and two are Hindu. Okay.
1: Did you anticipate when you had sent the film to the CBFC for certification, did you anticipate that there was going to be a reaction
2: like this? No, not at all because... uh, you know, they have passed uh, films earlier, like Parched and Pink and Margarita with a yeah, Stork, yeah. And, uh, B.A. Pass, so many films. So I never uh, expected there to be any uh, issue at all. And I was like quite prepared for an adult certificate. And hmm. um, that's it. Looking
1: ahead, you'd said that uh, you will be challenging the um, CBFC's decision. Now, I'm just sort of imagining what could come across.
2: If they ask you to make cuts, will you be open to it? Honestly, I don't want to make any cuts. And I feel like if the film is, you know, is going to get adult certification, there is no requirement for any uh, cuts. So I don't want any cuts in the film. You know, I mean, I feel like this whole issue has made me think about so many things like I feel so many things that we take is, uh, I think we've not like we've not been thinking about it. the fact that censorship exists and the fact that as filmmakers we're doing so much self-censoring because we're always so worried about you know things not getting passed and I just feel like you know as a democratic country and uh, with a constitution that promises freedom of expression as well as gender equality it is so strange that we are functioning in a way where we've come to almost like we take it for granted that there are certain kind of stories we can never tell, certain kind of films we can never uh, make. And I feel like somehow this whole uh, refusal has made me just think about all the things as a democratic country, which we're just putting up with, you know, for no reason. And I, I feel as women, I feel it's completely crazy, the kind of patriarchy that is being perpetuated. And I feel we are all being party to it by not, you know, challenging it. So I feel it's very important that we actually just wake up and smell the coffee and like, why are we living like this? It's just making me feel like, yeah, that.
0: but uh, just uh, one, it's not just patriarchy, right? It's censorship across the board. Like, even what is happening with Padmavati and all, we like everything is offensive to everybody.
2: But you know, I feel like what affects you most is what hit, like, what hits no, no, you of the course. Most. So, honestly, for me, I feel the thing that has offended me the most is I feel that they are trying to silence the film because it's. Showing women's freedom. Because uh, there's the same amount of sexual content that gets certified. I feel very outraged as a woman who's being told to shut up and who's being told that the stories that women want to tell are not important. And I feel like the second thing, of course, is the freedom of expression. And I particularly feel the freedom of expression of anybody who's not following the heteronormative sort of view of the world. Anything that is even slightly alternative, you don't need to watch because you're too dumb to understand or we are too dumb to certify it. I don't know. Either way.
0: Okay, Alankrita, tell me something. Have you found any support from uh, the film industry? As in, uh, have they, I don't know. Do yeah, you all... yeah.
2: Like, of course. I feel like everybody supporting me. Forget the film industry. I feel I've got so much support from, you know, people who are involved in films from across the world. I feel yeah. like organizations like Oxfam, Amnesty. I mean, it is amazing. I've just told everybody that let's, you know, like just do the next thing and then we'll figure out what else we need to do. So I feel I've got so much support from like women across the country and so many, like just so many people. Okay,
0: now just worst case scenario, what happens if the appellate tribunal refuses again, says that we won't? What do you do with the film? Are you going to then do...
2: I hope that they won't, but uh, if they do, then of course one has to challenge that decision in court, but I'm quite confident that that won't be the case because I really do believe that, you know, that they will reverse the decision. But luckily we live in a democratic country and there is due process and, you know, there are still things one can kind of keep doing to, yeah, yeah. Um, challenge a wrong decision.
1: Best of luck with your, uh, you know, with your plea, and I hope it doesn't go as far as courts because we all know how long that takes. And I think all of us would like to see the film in the theatre sooner rather than later. Yeah. And uh, yes.
2: Thank you so
1: much for that. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you once again for making the time, and uh, more power to you for doing this. Thank you. I have said this many times in the past, and I will say it again. Missen you have noticed because if you had taste, you would not dismiss Bahubali as easily and as summarily no, as you. But do. I did try and watch the film. I paid very good
0: money to watch it. I went to the theater with my mother, who has very bad taste in cinema,
1: and uh, I watched 15 minutes of this horror. Like I said, you have no taste. For the rest of us, the second Bahubali's trailer is out.
2: Amarendra Bahubali, yani महिष्मती की असंख्य प्रजा और उनके धन, मान और प्राण की रक्षा करूंगा और इसके लिए अपने प्राणों की आहुति भी देनी पड़े तो मैं पीछे नहीं हटूंगा राजमाता शिवगामी देवी को साक्षी मानकर मैं ये शपथ लेता हूं
1: Incidentally, the reason why the trailer is out now is because the trailer was leaked on torrents. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, this. so that's why they brought it out now. It's going to come out in a few months, the film itself. So the trailer wasn't supposed to come out so soon. Anyway, so what we see in the trailer, why don't you tell me what you got off the trailer?
0: Rana Dagubati is there. Yes. There's another person who they don't mention, but who I know who he is. His okay. name is Niketan Dheer. What is he doing he in the He's the villain. He's seven and a half feet tall, or something like that, in real life. He's
1: also there. And then there's someone called Prabhas. I was just going to say that well done on having found one character. (laughs) Who barely exists in the cosmoverse of Bahubali. No, and then okay. there's Prabhas, and most importantly, yes. there is Ramya. And it's nice to see a so called middle aged actress getting a decent yeah. role. And being able to hold a baby up like that and not drop it. So, Prabhas in Bahubali 2 is playing Bahubali, the father of the chap that you saw. Yeah, so double this is role. Like going back to the future. future. No, no, just going back. Going back. back. And as a result, we see Anushka Shetty as a young woman, Dev Sena. We've seen her as an old woman shackled in the town square. Oh, she's that chick. Yes. Ah, ah. A chick
0: is very bad. Don't shake people. Horrible. Hmm.
1: Alankrita Shivastiv would not <laughs> would be, approve of your would behavior. Be very disapproving. Okay. So, uh, so, yes, big beefy men going at each other, lots of CGI, promises of great fight sequences. And the best part about this trailer yes. is
0: that the name of the film is. Bahubali, the conclusion which means this wretched film will not be made again. On Wednesday, Sanjay Leela Bhansali and the rest of us who believe in freedom of expression were reminded that we live in a land of thugs and goons because padmavati sets were burned to a crisp by they were burned down they are yeah, just they now are rubble not now. there anymore this
1: is in uh, kolapur rajas- yeah in kolapur no it's not oh, in rajasthan. no in kolapur yeah so for those of you who uh, missed this back in january the hmm. rajas in when they were shooting in rajasthan padmavati got uh, attacked by, by the, the... Sela, yeah. who's uh, They're a group of Rajputs, and they have issues with their Hindu queen who incidentally is fictitious, but anyway... But they don't know. Hindu queen having a potentially romantic relationship with Alauddin Khilji, who uh, was Muslim. So, there, there were many protests at that point of time. Bhansali was assaulted, as a result of which shooting shifted to Kolapur. Yeah. And they have
0: this massive... So, all his sets are always very... Uh, lavish. Lavish and opulent and so on. But even if it was a tiny set, it wouldn't have mattered. The point is that on Wednesday... People stormed into the set, they beat up the crew who was there and 200 people had been assembled there for a massive shoot which was to happen on the day after. A procession was supposed to be shot with horses and costumes and so on. And uh, they just torched the entire set. The Rajput Karni Sena has taken responsibility for it. Charming. Yeah, and they were yesterday on a news panel. The guy was wearing a beret, the Rajput Karni Sena chap. Because that's a very Rajput. That's a very Rajput way of dressing and the Rajput Karni
1: Sena has been very unapologetic about the entire It's thing. worth keeping in mind though that officially, according to the police as of this morning, nobody has been arrested, nobody no. has taken responsibility. How the Karni Sena has gone from Rajasthan to Kolhapur is yeah. something that I don't entirely understand. But what the hell? What is much more disturbing Hmm. to me than fringe elements going on a rampage because so far as uh, mobs attacking the set, burning it down and causing damage is concerned, this is a law and order problem, right? It becomes much more serious than a law and order problem when a state minister actually backs elements who are doing this. So Rajasthan's social justice and empowerment minister... Irony has just died, dug its own grave and then gone inside it. Social Justice and Empowerment Minister Arun Chaturvedi has supported the Rajput Karne Sena. Not just that, he has said that if Padmavati is to be released in Rajasthan, it must first be screened to this Sena and other supposedly knowledgeable members of society from whom we will invite objections to the movie. Yeah. So they're going to invite objections. They don't actually want to pass this at all.
0: CNN International has a new show called Believer with Reza Aslan. Reza Aslan is a religious uh, studies scholar. scholar. And he teaches creative writing. This I found a little odd, but he is quite creative. So I suppose it's only fair. But his job, his day job is as a teacher. Professor of Creative Writing in some college in the state. So Reza Aslan is going to be the host of this show. It's a six-part series. They are going to explore faiths uh, which are slightly suspect and exotic is what it's coming across. At yeah, act. it's
1: stuff that makes for good TV. But so this first episode of CNN's Believer with Reza was about Reza the Aghoris. Right. Now, Aghoris are a Hindu sect. Yeah. 500 years old 500 years old they exist on the fringes of society because they reject social conventions and uh, they're known for doing extremely provocative acts essentially you can look up Aghoris there's a lot of literature on Hmm. them they have also been immensely respected traditionally because it's believed that by flouting all of these uh, social norms they are actually rising up in a spiritual hierarchy as it were and they're considered powerful they're considered temperamental they're considered capable of upending a certain kind of order. Uh, it's worth keeping in mind that they are worshippers of Kali... ...who is, again, hmm. a force of disruption. Creative, constructive disruption. Yeah. But disruption nonetheless. Now, there were two promos that CNN International released... Before ...which the- got everybody in uh, brown America...
0: ...in different stages of frenzy. And even we... Commented on it because they like he'd given a few interviews, Reza Aslan. Yes, the crew. I don't know whether it was in an interview or uh, it wasn't in the promo for sure. They stated CNN stated the first time a camera crew has been allowed on into Varanasi's ghats. This is incorrect, totally. So there was a lot of crap being spoken, but the promos themselves seem to highlight were focused on this Aghori uh sadhu who is uh pretending to it is very clearly pretending. To eat uh, what he claims to be human flesh, and then he's throwing his uh, feces at Reza Aslan. So
1: it was like the worst that you can think of in India that we And It was so have. obvious that this was a sham. Yeah. Right? So to see that sham with the title believer, yeah. I think, you know, made everyone have. I'm going to use my current favorite word. Conniption. Yes, a conniption you can please go to. We have a link below this <laughs>
0: to Oxford Dictionary. And that is your word of the day. There is that wonderful man, Shalab Kumar. I love him. Yeah, he is the organizer
1: of the Hindus for Trump uh, party that had happened. Which for the longest time I thought was, you know, like an onion kind of creation. Except it's for real
0: Yeah and Malaika Aurora had danced over there Malaika Aurora and Trump what
1: a neat
0: intersection of
1: awesomeness So
0: he was very upset then Sanjay Puri who is the chairman of the uh, US-India Political Action Committee also released a statement Basically there's some basis for what they have said because the statements were uh, what Sanjay Puri's statement said was with multiple reports of hate-fueled attacks against people of Indian origin from across the US the show characterized is Hinduism as cannibalistic which is a bizarre way of looking at the third largest religion in the world, and there were protests outside CNN. All that, which is all fine. I get it that going by what Trump is up to right now, maybe this is not the kind of image you want to portray
1: of Indians. It is definitely not the kind of image that, as an Indian, you would I want. want anyone to have. And I will say this in defense of all the people who yeah. criticize the show, and you and I have both seen it in its mm. entirety. So. We are speaking from a position that is beyond that of seeing yeah. promos. The show does highlight how exotic yeah, India yeah. can be, right? So the dirt, the grime, the, the cows, disgustingness, the So you're the going cows. down the street, there's a cow sitting there. So every trope of exotic is. India is there in the film. Uh, sorry, in the documentary. However, to say that it is depicting Hinduism in a bad light is just, this means you haven't seen the whole thing. But if you watch the entire episode, it is actually
0: flattering to Hinduism because he, first of all, this sadhu, the agori, uh, the mad sadhu is six minutes of a 42 minute episode. They very clearly keep saying that this is not the sadhu who should be depicting aghoris and this is why aghoris get a bad name. And we are shown the more modernistic
1: aghori, uh practices. And two people, who are aghodis by their own definition yeah. and yet behaving in uh, truly creditworthy ways, yeah. right? They're trying to bring about the changes in society and a more equal society through, uh, in the case of the sadhu who has just an ashram, he's doing it through his faith and yeah. his preaching. And then there's the other sadhu who's set up orphanages and schools and clinics. And it's one of the cases of religious social work, which Mm. has become a term that's hugely vilified today. But it's religious social work done in precisely the way it should be done.
0: Yeah, and what Aslan comments on is something which, to me, I don't see how you could have a problem about that. And most one would hope that most people feel this way, is that he says the... Only thing about Hinduism which is jarring is this
1: caste system that we have. While I understand this concern about depiction, and I don't think it was particularly responsible of CNN to do this, but let's not forget that this is about as simple a way of drawing audiences as one can get. All right? And also... And it is TV. It is TV. Let's not forget that also. If we try to pretend as Hindus that nothing bad exists in the religion... Hmm. How is that helpful? Yeah, that's I don't what, get because that. What he says is not
0: inaccurate. That was the thing. I watched it to see whether... Because a lot of shows do this and a lot of shows which are... And not just uh, something which is claiming to be an intelligent show. Even food shows and all. Because I've scripted some. I watched them with... So when... Uh, say like a David Rocco's Dolce India where he's an Italian chef who comes to India. They get a lot of things wrong. You know, like they'll make the most absurd comment. Like the whole of India uses... Green elychee Every day in all their meals, no,
1: dude, no, we, we don't, don't use like. So don't, uh, from that, they don't get that wrong. From that point of view, there were a few little errors. Hard. The first, the ghats not, especially. I mean, a. It is not the first time a camera yeah. crew has uh, gone to the ghats where uh, bodies are burnt in Banaras. This has been done hundreds of times, and all the ghats are and not, it's not cremation. Ghat does not mean cremation yeah. ground, but like you pointed out in what I think was an excellent review, madam, mm, uh, of you, the show. You. Uh, You can see the link for that below. But uh, I was going to say something completely different, which is that the ghats are not uh, all cremation grounds. (laughs) But the thing is, this is a detail that his local uh, guide should have pointed out. What I will give his local guide great credit for, though, is for having taken him to these places. Also, it is extremely difficult to have a conversation on caste. To talk about caste is extremely difficult because most of us who engage in these conversations come from a position of privilege that we can't get out of. We have been given this for generations and generations. We can only try to be aware of it and not act in a way that's idiotic and negative. Um, what Reza Aslan has to do in this position, by the way, is doubly difficult because he's an outsider. So that's another yeah. layer of privilege. Negotiating all these layers of privilege and still coming up with a conversation on caste that is informed, mm. non-judgmental and sensitive. I think is immensely creditable. I have news for you, Miss Sen orgasms don't have a gender. Maybe in Randeep Huda as well, they don't. Now, the reason I am informing you is of this is because Randeep Huda is going to tell us gems of wisdom like this yeah. in a new show that he's doing. Yeah,
0: on Sunday MTV uh, started yet another wonderful show. Now, Big F is the new one. The Big F is anchored by Randeep Huda in this beard, in this curly beard and all, and shiny skin and a suit. He's wearing a suit and he is talking to the camera and the big f does not stand for get your mind out Feminine. of the gutter no freedom freedom the uh, show has had a promo and all in which uh, Randeep Khutar tells us that the big f will not liberate anybody's girlfriend or give freedom to anybody's sister because women have always been free if they need freedom from anything it is from the world's choti soch now, this is ironical. Little bit, it Because is. a week before he came on air as the anchor of this show, he was
1: showing a little bit of Choti Soch himself. Yes. When and we are to, talking about the tweets attacking Gurmehar Kaur. Yeah. Though he did take them back later, saying that After it was weak. It was his attempt at humor. He said. He didn't exactly apologize. Let's be fair. I mean, I had a huge issue with people saying that, oh, look, but Huda's apologized. No, No, Virendra Saivag apologized. Very graciously, I might add. But uh, Mr. Huda was just like, boss, I have a sense of humor. You didn't get it. But so this
0: show is he comes on, he gives a little bit of
1: spiel. He comes on, does he? He Yeah,
0: comes on. (laughs) And he gives a little bit of spiel about the... A, we would like to apologize. One second, Kartik.
1: One, uh, one second, silence for poor Kartik Nijhawan, our producer, who is currently going red and wanting to cry, I think, at this conversation. But going so, swiftly yeah, forward.
0: Yeah. So like, he introduces the episode by saying this is about, like, nothing is its hashtag forbidden no more. And then there's a very short episode, thankfully. It's 20 minutes only. Hmm. Where you'll get a story every time. That's what I've got from this.
1: Showing this freedom that women will have. I have a fundamental question. <laughs> the mm-hmm. big F yeah. has a fundamental question. Um, Why is Huda telling us all this? He's the anchor, yeah. Whoever's no, but why anchor? could we not have a woman tell us? That's the thing which
0: I, I wrote. <laughs> that he's mansplaining it to us. He's mansplaining our freedom. But this shows the great intellect of the MTV producers... Who said, let's get a guy to do a show about freedom for women. This should have been called the Big M. It should have been called the Big Dump. So this girl is having an arranged marriage with this guy. They are having a Goa destination wedding. Then she goes to Goa to this resort. When she's in the resort, she sees this choreographer. This guy dancing away. And then he tells her that he'll show her how to dance. She wants to be able to entice her fiance and the choreographer is like really brusque and not like he doesn't like her. But then while dancing with her, he starts liking her and she likes him and then she dumps her fiance. And then she this walks is a real and, story. No, no, I hope not. And walks off into the sunset. And then Randi Puta came back on hmm. to tell us, Did you think she'd end up with a choreographer? No. Women have freedom. <gasps> Like, we don't need a man, which is correct, but when Randeep Puda says
1: it, you almost feel like no, but saying, No, I will go with the man just to prove you wrong. On Holy, while everyone was getting their faces painted pink and green and other Technicolor things, TVF and Arunab Kumar in particular was going red in the face, all because a post that had been put up on Medium the day before, Hmm. started circulating. I think a lot of the credit for what has emerged to be an extremely hotly debated uh, conversation on sexual harassment started with one tweet by filmmaker Apoor Vasrani. Hmm. Apoor Vasrani basically said that this is the second allegation that has come out against TVF. And linked to this Medium post where an anonymous writer going by the pseudonym Indian Fowler wrote a heartbreaking account of how she has been repeatedly harassed allegedly, by Arunab Kumar, who is the CEO and founder of The Viral Fever. Now, for those of you who live under a rock, The Viral Fever used to be a comedy collective many moons ago. It is now a 270 crore company. It has its own platform for its programs. It produces shows. And let's be fair, they are amongst the most successful and uh, makers of some of the most fun shows on the web. None of which changes the fact that Mr. Kumar... Has some issues,
0: yeah, and uh, what was worse actually was after this medium.com thing took on a life of its own, this which it was bound to. This complaint that was posted on it, TVF released a statement which basically said that this is one. I, I'm paraphrasing, we'll have a link below to the Panjana's article which has all the statements there, but. To paraphrase, it basically said, this is an absolute and utter lie. We will hunt you out and find you and we will bring you to severe justice. I really oh. think hashtag severe justice really. needs to trend. Severe justice for this false complaint. Take it that this is a false complaint. I'm saying take yes, anything is possible in today's day and age. I do not think that every complaint is uh, turns out to be true. But from a, I have been a PR Person, I still am. I do crisis communications. This is by far the biggest uh, goof up they could have done, even if you do not believe what is being said in today's environment, that you would take out a statement basically saying you fuck off, we will hunt you out and screw you over and we don't do anything wrong. Also
1: that we are judge, jury, investigator, everything. All in one day, in 24 hours, they've... Of uh, which one day was Sunday and the next day is holy. It's also worth keeping in mind that by the time this statement was released, Mm -hmm. at least three more women that come out, including one, Rima Sen Gupta, who's one of the founders of this production house called Catnip. She put out a Facebook post saying that she completely sympathizes because she has had Kumar treating her inappropriately during work meetings. It's also worth keeping in mind that uh, TVF has had other people complaining of sexual harassment. One person has been asked to leave because of it. It is a problem that the company has. And whether or not you want to acknowledge this to the public, Hmm. to summarily go out like fire and brimstone. And it was a very sort of like, uh, it basically, it was a statement which
0: shrugged its shoulder and said like, Tough. We don't believe what you're saying and uh we don't care and we haven't done it, which is fine if you haven't done it. But it was compounded by the fact that Nidhi Bishthu, uh who is part of TVF, put out a statement right after that saying that oh this is all incorrect and someone like this never existed
1: so it on, wasn't just her there was her amit golani also of tvf yeah Diswapati sarkar also of tvf no, and it's like dude do you all not sit down you're running a professor
0: you are a 270 crore company now you are not six people in a room making youtube videos and uh do you not think that you need to be more responsible
1: in your response And especially when, as per the last accounts, the number of people who have complained has crossed 50. This is like he's the Bill Cosby of Of India. Yeah. But here's the thing. The TVF statement comes across as smart and sensitive in comparison to Kumar's interview to Mumbai Mirror. I don't know where to begin with that one. He basically
0: comes across as a cocky son of a bitch, according to me, because nobody speaks. like. I don't know which intelligent thinking person who has been accused of sexual harassment makes a statement where he says, I'm a heterosexual man. If I find a woman sexy even if she's in the office, I, I walk will up to her. her and tell her that she's sexy. Dude, you're not supposed to do that. When I go to work, I don't want my colleague telling me I'm sexy, even if I am sexy.
1: Okay, so don't do that. That is harassment. That is what that we is call exactly. harassment. Exactly. So when you say these allegations are baseless, no, they're not. You have just told me that this is what you do. Yeah, you think that, and you think that it's
0: cool because, and I'm, I'm a heterosexual, what like homosexuals all, don't yeah. find people sexy. Are you like, what kind of an asshole are you? Yeah.
1: But it's also the thing that I found amazing was this sense of entitlement that there's nothing wrong with this. And that yeah. really, for me, is a far more worrying aspect, right? Because Arunabh Kumar is not that distinctive. And he is representative. Of a certain section yeah. of men in our society, it is really worrying to me that we are bringing up men in a way that they feel that the first identity a woman has is that of a sexual object. Because she is no, there, she's working, but I find her hot, I will tell her. And, yeah,
0: and they are in a position to tell you how you are uh, managing to fulfill all the demands of being a sexual object also. But I also want to point out something else which does a great disservice to the kind of like when people actually make complaints. At the same time as this was happening on Reddit, there was a post made by something Shaden Freud, something that uh, person's name is about Rohan Joshi. Yeah, they said that Rohan Joshi groped Groped my boobs. Yes, which as someone else on uh, Twitter put it, just those three words, grope my boobs says that it's a fake thing
1: because women don't we don't say he groped my boobs. Another tiny detail is that um, Amit Golani in his uh, timeline mentioned that this allegation, this set of allegations that were coming out, out, were a conspiracy and it was a case of Schadenfreude, which is hating someone mm. who has love. Mm. Mm. I, I don't know. Now, here's the thing that Reddit thread. Um, it got a certain amount of response. Rohan Joshi immediately responded on his Twitter with that this is all uh, incorrect and I'm not going to en- talk about this anymore. And I'm open to any investigation, I'm open to especially investigation, by the police. And I'm not going to say anything more because if I do, then it'll seem like victim shaming, which I don't want to do. Mm. And I thought that was actually yeah. an extremely good response from Rohan Joshi. Anyway. About half an hour of 45 minutes after he puts that out, the same Reddit user took their post down and said, I have taken it down because it's completely false. And the only reason I did this is, is to show power. you mm. that people like Indian Fowler should not be believed. So I have, there are all sorts of
0: shits in the world. There are people who sexually harass you. Then there are other people who try to prove that the allegations are incorrect. Based on no founding. I, if it was based on something, I understand. But also in the world of social media, it is very easy to damage someone's reputation that I agree totally. I'm just saying it's very easy to damage someone's reputation. So of course, you must take every do not believe every allegation that it's made, but it needs to be investigated. But the person or the outfit against whom the allegation
1: is needed is being made also needs to take it seriously. Absolutely. And here's something that I constantly put forward every time someone tells me that allegations are often false. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Uh, However, to my experience, for a woman to complain against a male boss is an extremely difficult step to take. They render themselves essentially unemployable by the industry because it becomes a brand. It's a stigma that they carry with them. These are not allegations that women bandy about lightly most of the time. To my experience, again, I'm qualifying this. Now... I'm not saying that this means that every anonymous allegation should be considered genuine. What I am saying is that the same level of scrutiny that you give to the allegation, you should give to the person denying that allegation yeah. without providing evidence to that effect. We don't have the same standards. We have completely different standards most of the time. Now, TVF right now is in a bit of a soup with this, right? Yeah. It has been uh, perhaps the most trending topic for the last three four days the fact however is that this will slip out of social media and memory yeah as soon as one more new thing the next thing will come up and this will take over it is not however going to slip out of tvf's memory yeah neither is it going to slip out of this woman's career record by which i mean Mm. indian fowler or any of the others who have come forward uh, making their names known understand that these are not things that you do lightly you know that this will have consequences. When the rest of the world forgets it, you still bear them. Hmm. So before doubting those who allege, just keep that in mind. Yeah. And we're coming to the end of this episode. So it's time for me to give you a question and tell you who got the answer right last week. The winners are Yogeshwar Sharma, Dhanesh Govekar, Astha, Alisha, Palash, Prabodhya, Ankur, Ankit, Sameer, and Yogeshwar and Palash have got five correct, which means that you are on your way to getting a gift from us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for writing in. And now for this week's question. We've spoken a lot about Aghoris in this episode, thanks to yes. Raza Aslan. I have been told by a learned authority within News Laundry that uh, Z had a documentary On Aghoris as well. Z beats CNN International. uh, Much, much, much ahead of the curve. So I want you to tell me what is the name of that documentary. I will give you a hint it has the word Mahakal in it. You need to tell me the other words. Write into contact at News Laundry and tell us what was the documentary that Z had made on Aghoris, which contains the word Mahakal. And with that, Miss Sen, it has been a pleasure. So thank you. Thank you, Miss Paul.